Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Women on Top series. So a lot of you messaged me after I announced it, you know, asking why I was doing this after already having my own podcast. So why the need for Women on Top uh, series? Uh, well, firstly, I have to admit that over the years, I have been really lucky to meet some incredible women and get to know about the work they do. They have really inspiring stories and I believe the best way to make an impact is to share their stories. That's how I decided to start Women on Top. And for my first episode, I am super excited to introduce a dear friend and a super achiever, Suchita Salwan. She worked with Wizcraft on the Commonwealth Games and then went on to work with the BBC as a digital and brand marketer for BBC Entertainment India and launched finally LBB, a marketplace to discover and shop from India's unique and emerging brands. LBB actually connects 22 million users with 60,000 brands and businesses, enabling them to get discovered and to retail their products to customers across India. Suchita has been on Forbes India and Forbes Asia 30 under 30 lists, um, Forbes W Power list, and the list goes on. Suchita, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here on the inaugural session. Thanks for having me, man. Great to be here. So, Suchita, what made you take the plunge into entrepreneurship? Um, I don't know. I think it was just like a series of, I, I wouldn't say reckless, but, but you know, uh, I think a lot of the approach back then was, you know, what could possibly go wrong, right? Uh, uh, and if this doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. I'll find another job and I'll, you know, bounce back into the corporate world. Uh, but I think really where it came from was, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of recklessness. Uh, I think, uh, I think, you know, jokes aside, I've, uh, I've always generally been very enthro about working, right? Um, uh, and, and um, I love, absolutely love learning. Uh, and I think for me, you know, LBB actually started as a Tumblr blog and, uh, and then we sort of, you know, graduated to, to, to a website and it was a bit of a side hustle while I, while I was still at the BBC. Uh, and I was just learning so much about everything from how small to mid-sized businesses operate in our country, uh, you know, uh, PNL management, finances, hiring. Um, and, and I think it was more that quest and that curiosity to just learn more, which made me want to, you know, um, take the plunge, so to speak. But, but sort of just being very interested in being interesting and you know, being a little reckless in my early 20s, that's what made me start up. You know, it's really interesting. Um, you mentioned that you actually started dabbling in it while you still had your job. And is that something that you would recommend that, you know, if someone is thinking about possibly starting their own business that, you know, don't quit working and like completely plunge into it, uh, you know, without maybe testing the grounds before you do take that plunge? I think, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different things. And obviously, I think, you know, it totally depends on people's circumstances, right? I'm not from IIT. I'm not from IIM. I'm not a dude. So uh, that basically limits my, uh, you know, uh, ability to do uh, a lot of things, uh, whether it's, you know, coding, raising money or making pitch decks, at least it did back in the day. Uh, so I think a part of it is circumstantial. You need to, you know, have enough self-awareness about what are my circumstances? What am I good at? What am I really not good at? Uh, and also, uh, I think, you know, building a business, and, and I remember getting this advice uh, earlier on where someone had mentioned that you know you need to commit the next decade of your life to this 
uh, and I think for you to want to commit a decade of your life to anything, uh, you know, you need to genuinely care enough about what you're building. I'm not even saying be passionate, right? But uh, but you need to you need to care. You need to care either about the customer that you're going after or the merchant that you're that you're catering to. Uh, so I think for me it was you know it was it was more of I wasn't fully convinced uh, if this you know warranted a startup and if this really warranted um, the next decade of my life. It took me about two years to build that conviction uh, mm -hmm. before uh, you know I decided to quit my job or frankly even before we raised our first round of investment. Uh, and I think those were the two sort of you know felt that hey this could be a large opportunity uh, and this could be a great opportunity not only for my customers and merchants but even for me. Uh, and I think the second thing was, uh, you know, you you see early indications of like product market fit, right? You see early indications of customers really liking what you're doing, merchants seeing some amount of results. Uh, and I obviously speak in the dichotomy of customers and merchants because we're a marketplace. But right. uh, but I think it's those two triggers that really, you know, convince me to say, hey, you know what, let me make these circumstances work for me and give it a shot. And at what point then did you start building a team? I mean, you know, and how did you go about that? Did you sort of, you know, where did you start hiring first? For what position? And, you know, what did you feel you needed the most support in to get going? You know, obviously, we've gone through our own sort of like journeys. So, uh, you know, we started out as a content community only platform, realized that there are multiple unique ways to actually mobilize your content and community to create value. Uh, so the way we've hired and, you know, who we've hired has actually changed considerably, you know, with even the way in which our business model has morphed. So uh, what we did on day one, uh, when, you know, we had no capital in the bank was uh, I just needed content writers right mm -hmm. so the first couple of hiring that we did was just literally finding great content writers uh, and people who gen generally were curious right they had a pulse of what customers were interested in uh, you know they had a pulse of what was going on more locally speaking uh, so on day one most of our hires were content writers we of course were a bootstrap business so you know we really weren't recruiting from you know the world's best universities or any of that not that i think that that's what's needed for content as a space uh but but that's who we initially started uh, hiring uh, obviously as we built more um complexity into the business you know our second phase of hiring became more technology and product so uh, for me it was important to build you know to bring in a co-founder who had complementary skills to me given that my background is more in operations and brand uh, and you know in more recent years our focus has become more so on hiring in commerce but I think for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who are listening, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of advice that's given on the internet around, you know, only hire the best. But I think people who write these articles don't realize that startups don't always have the budgets to hire the best. And you know, what the best is keeps changing as your as you also evolve as a company and as a founder. Uh, but for us, yeah, day one was content writers, added technology and product, uh, and then of course more recently we you know doubled down on the way we monetize. Um, our content and community and you know you you sort of mentioned about your strength being in the marketing and um operations part of it so um you know tell me a little bit more about that like how and you and you also talked about earlier the uh you know because it was content driven and the different ways that you could kind of um uh you know widen the audience for that content so you know how did you go about that tell us a little bit about the marketing and media mix um at play for LBB like through its journey. So you know, actually, for us, we start when we started LBB uh, platforms like Facebook were you know just at their getting closer to their peak. 
um uh, and instagram was this like pledging platform i remember i think we were one of the first few handles that you know uh, from a business perspective that actually went up on instagram and really started you know playing around with pieces of the ig facebook sort of family um i think when we started out we grew a lot on the back of that initial wave that you know customers saw when it came to facebook um uh, and i remember you know we went from like zero to half a million um followers in like record time right because we were just riding that wave of facebook itself growing uh, considerably i think we invested in instagram at the right time um, so instagram for us oh, you know also came at a time when uh, that also was a you know new and upcoming platform so we were able to again you know go from zero to half a million followers uh, fairly quickly on these two platforms i think the thing that you know i've learned from a marketing perspective is you have to make your business channel proof uh because you know otherwise you're at the mercy of these businesses right i remember when facebook um really started tinkering around with its algorithms and uh, you know sorry but like screwed over a lot of publishers while uh, making that tinkering happen uh, even we saw that dip right where suddenly your engagement rates fall and you know one of your large sources of uh, traffic sort of you know goes for a toss because people have you know uh, decided to switch their algorithms around so i think what we what we started investing in you know closer to 2018 was just diversifying our media mix and our channel mix so uh, for instance today um, seo is a large driver um, of traffic for us right and seo is just one of those like painfully long things that you need to invest in but you do see uh, you know that return on investment coming back to you uh, at a certain clip uh they obviously were social media but i think the good thing that worked for us with respect to our investment in social media was we saw this fairly good surge in uh, branded traffic uh, so even today you know uh, there's a, a significant percentage of our of the search traffic that we get that's branded lbb uh, you know so people were looking for like people will look for jute home decor lbb and then they you know come to a particular page and then they sort of you know go about uh, their customer journey um i think the other channel um, that became critical for us was our app uh because uh you know i believe that if you genuinely want to grow as a business you need to own your audience right so uh for example you know for you it may be your like whatsapp database or your you know uh, email or database uh, but for us a lot of the way we own the traffic is uh by is by really investing in our app because that's where we see the best sort of you know return on uh, on a customer acquired right. uh, so i think i think uh, i i think you know the one big learning for me has been always keep your channels diverse be focused about you know okay what are the channels that can actually drive long term roi for me because every channel has a different roi associated with it um and also channels keep changing their own you know requirements right. etc uh, but i think it's imperative to make sure that you know a considerable part of your traffic footfall whatever is coming from your own channels which in our case of course are our website and our app yeah i mean that's something that we're sort of going through as well uh, you know in the f&b industry where we don't want to be dependent on aggregators right where then they control the customer base and you're just a service provider f&b provider and and so i completely agree with you on that um so you know uh, you 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 now you're a hardcore sort of e-commerce business move from you know content where you started out to now e-commerce um tell me some of the challenges that you faced um you know what worked and what didn't like what were some of the pitfalls uh, that you kind of uh, the roadblocks that you hit to get to where you are today i think for us you know the transition from content community to commerce was honestly pretty seamless for multiple different reasons 
one is you know we realize that content actually needs to be everywhere right so when people talk about content marketing people come up with people come up with all kinds of abstractions right like content marketing is equal to writing blogs and then backlinking to get seo traffic you know or, or content marketing is having a youtube channel but i think our lens has always been that you know content is everywhere um it's on your product display pages it's how you post on linkedin uh, it's how you know you send out your newsletters it's how you send out send out your you know uh, whatsapp smss that your customers may be getting um and i think for us you know our investments in our first couple of years of content and community the big moat that they created for us was they helped us make lbb an ecosystem play instead of you know being only a destination where customers come to to shop Uh, right. in fact uh, that's a lot of the narrative that we stand against right because you know we believe that if you actually want to make a customer buy in emerging brand or business or a brand or business that they may not have heard of before you need to build trust with the customer over a period of time and honestly the only way to build trust is uh, if you're giving them reasons to come to you you know when you're not only selling them shit right um uh and 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 i think that content and community piece really helped us sort of you know hedge our bets against just becoming yet another ecom player right yeah. exactly yeah. or becoming yet another you know aggregator of merchants or brands i think the second big win that our you know content and community piece did for us was so today 90% of the merchants who are onboarded on lbb which is either like our advertisers are you know a lead generating businesses or or brands that directly sell on lbb uh, 90% of them are actually inbound so um i think a lot of what we were able to establish through our content and community pieces that uh, if you if you stand for something in the mind of a customer uh, the customer will actually start coming to you for that thing um and and i think because you know for such a long time we were a destination for you to discover the undiscovered right or for you to discover hidden gems now any brand that uh, you know thinks that they are a hidden gem uh, or that you know they're doing something really different and really unique uh, the the first destination that immediately comes to their mind is hey you know let me go to lbb yeah. um and i think the 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 way that this plays out in the long run is it actually helps you really control your costs because if you look at a lot of these large platforms big you know cost uh, you know centers for them are, is either customer acquisition cost right mm-hmm. or it becomes merchant acquisition cost uh, i'm not saying for us the cost is zero but it's you know a very very competitive it will be you know 10 to 20% the cost of a lot of these other larger platforms uh, because we invested in this content and community piece so i think for us we didn't really look at it as a um, you know transition uh, that said obviously there's this whole organizational you know kra kpi alignment we obviously had to you know um, almost i won't say divide but basically create these two sections within our organization one is very you know left brain and the other is very right brain so there's you know one which is on the demand side that's very you know creative customer oriented and then there's this other you know part of our organization that's on the merchant side which is very operational yeah. uh, but i think you live and you learn right um, we've obviously fumbled a lot around uh, along the way so uh, you know apologies to any of our customers who didn't have anything less than a stellar customer experience but i think i think the great thing about our business is you know both me and my co-founder drove uh, we ourselves are very you know proactive about just hearing straight from our merchants and our customers uh and i think you know as a founder the the least that you can do is just not forget who your actual you know customers are and and those are people who are you know either coming to your platform or or merchants who are trusting your platform with driving you know revenue for them uh, and i think that helped us sort of you know buffer the journey in between going from a content community to also adding commerce uh, as a mix right 
So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the pandemic and how that's impacted your business because um, it really feels like the world has grown digitally at an accelerated pace in the last, you know, 18 months. I know our business has. And, you know, what, so what were some of the trends that you saw, you know, you know, how can you sort of leverage on this based on what you've seen? So I think, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that the pandemic was horrendous for India's small to mid-sized businesses, right? I mean, imagine losing cash flows for six months in one shot, having your supply chain disrupted because of the, you know, multiple sort of lockdowns. Uh, and I think, you know, specifically with the second wave, what we saw was a lot of our merchants themselves were affected, right? Either they were affected or their families were affected. Uh, so, uh, you know, long story short, I think, I think no one can take away the absolute disruption that happened because of lockdown one and obviously second the pandemic. Uh, I think the interesting things um, and the more, you know, uh, uh, glass is half full way to sort of look at it uh, is I think it's really reminded brands that they need to have multiple channels of customer acquisition. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about this right before we went live where everyone has realized that I cannot only count on my offline store and frankly, why should I, right? Um, in fact, not only can I not count only on my offline store, I also can't only count on, you know, Zomato, Swiggy, Amazon, Flipkart. I need to have more sources of um, of revenue so that there is parts of my revenue that are highly defensible, right? So uh, what we saw a lot of the smarter brands do is, you know, uh, they, either, um, they either, you know, activated B2B sales, for instance. Uh, so a lot of brands really started looking at more, you know, uh, enterprise sales in order to drive some amount of, you know, revenue for them. Uh, there were others who said, you know what, I'm sick of only running my store. Um, I need to start selling wherever my customers are. And in fact, we saw this massive surge. Uh, in fact, to date, uh, you know, uh, on a um, week-on-week level, we see a 10% growth in terms of number of inbound merchants who are coming to us because everyone's realized that I need to figure out how I, I'm not even saying sell online, but how I build my brand online, right? Uh, the same merchant who's just like, mm, you know, how do I, I don't really care about photography. Let me just put some, you know, boring uh, model against white background photos, you know, on my Instagram. They themselves have realized that their Instagram followers are not going to grow if they've got, you know, uh, very personality-less photos, um, you know, sort of going up. So I, I think suddenly these merchants become very conscious where they've realized the importance of investing in brand. They've realized actually how small a fish in the giant ocean that they are. Uh, and if they want to, um, you know, eat more of the consumption pie, uh, they need to start looking at themselves in the mirror and really asking, you know, um, uh, important questions, which is what is my positioning? Why do I exist? How am I acquiring customers? And also how am I retaining these customers that I'm acquiring? Uh, so I think, I think net-net, you know, there's generally been this surge of self-awareness, yeah. um, uh, you know, which, uh, uh, which, which has either led to people meditating a lot or it's led to people, uh, you know, really thinking through uh, how they think of, you know, where they exist, what they do and why they do what they do. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And we went through something similar with, uh, you know, we, we were always like, oh, uh, we're in the offline space. So, you know, we're restricted to the people around us. Um, we don't need to invest in paid marketing. You know, this is not like people who like our food will come. And we really had that whole approach to it. And then, of course, like you said, we had to uh, really venture into the delivery space, which we always kind of said was the, you know, hey, that's not the cool thing to do. And, um, you know, but you you had to kind of pivot and be, you know, flexible. I think that was really, you know, as people have been saying, being nimble. But we also, in you know, in January realized that, no, you know, digital is where, 
you are now located, right? You're in the digital world and you're not just on the high street. And so you do have to invest. You have to change your whole approach to how you, you know, go to market now. And, and, and that was like a big learning for me as well, you know, over this last year. Tell me, what is the easiest way for people to connect with you and explore collaborations or contributions to LBB? Um, I think more than happy to get connected uh, on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, but please don't send me a request saying, hey, your profile looks interesting because I will ignore and not accept. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, what, is, what, what should they be sending you and, you know, what, what's the best way to kind of... I think just, just give me context because I think that helps tremendously, right? So if you give me context saying, uh, you know, hey, I'm looking for feedback or hey, I'd love to sell on LVB or hey... Um, you know, I'd love to become an LBB insider. Uh, I think the more context you give, the better it is. Uh, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I am wherever our customer is. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Chita, what's your sort of advice to women entrepreneurs? You know, I have like a love-hate relationship with this whole like construct of like female entrepreneur. I get why, you know, it's important to sort of create a community around women entrepreneurs because, you know, there's one, there's such few of us. And I think second, the challenges that we guys face are more or less similar. I think, you know, the one thing that I've learned is don't sweat the small stuff, right? Uh, there are a lot of people who will be like rude, who will, you know, uh, say like passive, you know, sexist stuff. Uh, there are, uh, there's all kinds of like rubbish that will happen, right? But I think the, the difference in between a winner and a loser is you, a winner always picks what battles they want to fight, right? Uh, so I, I think the one thing that I'll say is, you know, generally as humans and as, you know, working professionals or as entrepreneurs, you've got enough to deal with uh, in a day, in a week, in a month. Don't sweat the small stuff, you know, uh, someone else's prejudice isn't your problem. And I think, you know, just really, really stay focused on um, what it is that you want to do and what it is that you want to build. And I think the second thing that that you know, um, has honestly really helped me a lot is uh, I used to have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Uh, maybe it was because I was this, you know, I, I'm assuming, I'm hoping everyone in their early 20s is a little, you know, like, I know this, I can rock and roll with this. But uh, I think, you know, when, you know, realities of running a business start hitting you, you kind of realize how much of business building really comes through working with the right people. And I think I've been extremely, extremely, extremely lucky. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I joke with my colleagues saying, I don't know why this person wants to help me, but I'm so glad they do. Uh, but I think, you know, really, really, uh, invest in creating some sort of like a sounding board around you and really invest in in creating relationships with people who will ask you the tough questions because I think for me that's been monumental right and the people who ask you these tough questions could be from your industry from another industry uh, you know they could be people you really admire they could be people who haven't really heard of, uh, but uh, you know that they build something really meaningful. But really solicit, ask for help. And and I think if you ask for help, you'll be surprised at the number of people who will, you know, especially if you really care about what you're building, you'll be surprised at the number of people and the type of people who will be there just to call away to help you think things through. Yeah, I absolutely second that. And listen, this is this has been really enlightening and uh, and I hope it's been helpful to everyone listening. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and all the very best to LBB and the many years ahead of exciting journey you're on. Thanks so much, man, Gauri. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you. So this was a really inspiring talk for me. There were so many things I could relate to and resonate with from Suchita's journey. 
from being an accidental entrepreneur to understanding the potential of the digital world to experiencing the power of creating a community of loyalists who can become your biggest cheerleaders. But my favorite takeaway, don't sweat the small stuff. I hope you enjoyed tuning in today. New episodes will be out every other Wednesday. This show is sponsored by Ladies Who Lead, a members-only platform for female leaders who are pushing beyond the glass ceiling and driving impact for their communities. Find out more on www.ladieswholead.in. Follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. And do provide us with a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it really helps us reach more people. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm at Gauri Devidyal on Instagram and LinkedIn and at Gauri Details on Twitter. 